Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 14 of Beginning Again. This episode is um, entitled, What's Helping? And I am joined yet again by my fabulous friend, Elaine Hamilton. Um, She and I are talking about what's helping us as we continue on our journeys of beginning again. This is a full spectrum conversation. We talk about lighthearted things that are helping, like what we're doing um, with subscribe and save on Amazon. We talk about wardrobe decisions that are helping all the way to like super deep soul stuff that's helping um, kind of as we always do. So the invitation at the end of the episode is for you guys to think about what is helping you right now in your journey as you begin again. Um, And again, this can be like full range. It can be something super lighthearted all the way to like a really deep soul thing. So um, our encouragement to you is to identify those things that are helping right now, and then to also create some space to get more of that in your life. Um, So I hope you enjoy our conversation and it sparks some, um, some reflection in your own life. So here you go. Well, thank goodness we're both feeling a little better, right? It's been a tough season for both of us, a a tough year or two um, for you. And um, so it's just, it's really lovely to be experiencing a little bit of lightness and a little more energy. And so we thought we'd talk about that today, about like what's helping so that if someone is going through a tough season, whether it's like a loss or a big transition or um, just something that is heavy, right? Like how do you take care of yourself when things go real sideways in your life? Yeah. And sometimes you're just like in a downturn. You're just in kind of a bad patch, you know, like you can't necessarily point to anything, but it's like, man, I'm just not feeling myself. And I think that, I think today's episode will apply to that person as well. Who's like, I just, I need some ideas and strategies for things to kind of help turn things around a little bit so I can re-engage in my life and enjoy the people around me and, and find some joy and lightness in my life. Right. Okay. Before we talk about that, let's talk about our writing retreat. Could you please give people a sense of what is going to be happening there? This is going to be too much. Okay. First, it is a three full day, basically, right, Elaine? Three day? Yes. yes. Yeah, Thursday, um, starting Thursday night, and then we'll Thursday go night. Friday, Saturday, all day Sunday, <clears throat> then we'll spend the night, and then Monday will be travel day home for most people. Okay, April 2 through 6, yes, on Orcas Island, and you guys, the setting um, is just so stunning, in the woods, on Puget Sound, and um, it's just quiet and very natural. And we're going to be there and just talk writing. So who is this for? This is for established writers. Those of you who um, are established in your, in your craft or in the industry, it's, but more than anything, we want those of you to come who are like, I have been dabbling in writing behind closed doors for so long. Mm -hmm. It's something that I really feel invited into, but I just need some support because I can tell you that I know as well as anybody that writing can be a very solitary endeavor and you need support to keep going. And so really that's who we are 
reaching toward, if you're that writer who you, you really want to get your work done, but you need some people to come alongside you and give you some tips and tricks to get it done, to help you figure out how to get out of your own way. And then also to get some like industry insider information. Yes, mm -hmm. that's going to actually be happening. I know, right? Exactly. Because LT has been writing and publishing for 12 years. Yeah. 13 years, 13 oh years, baby. Yeah. So, you know, if you and I am not the one providing insider information. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> actually, sorry. speaking of my agent who will be there, <laughs> no, I will give you some, but the true expert that's going to be there is my agent who um, has been my agent for quite a while. But before that, Angela was an acquisitions editor for one of the largest houses in the country. And so she can talk with us about writing from the agency standpoint. And she's also just a dear friend. And so um, I'm gonna ask her a lot of questions on your behalf and um, we're gonna get some really good info from her. Elaine's gonna bring her therapeutic background and just to help us work through like what's in our way? Why are we struggling? Why are we self-sabotaging? Why are we afraid? Um, and help us kind of work through that. And then I'm gonna just, give you guys all my tips and tricks for getting writing done consistently. And we also want to give you some time in this gorgeous inspirational setting to get some work done. So um, on top of all of that, Taryn uh, from the Botanical Kids, I mean, how do you describe Taryn, Elaine? Well, she's like a magical fairy, I would say, right? Like she- Very good. She floats into the kitchen. She's a personal chef. She floats into the kitchen so calm, like she's just done an entire day of yoga. She's got all of the ingredients and she begins to just chop away and yep. chat with you about how your day is going and how you're doing and how lovely you are. She, everybody last time was like, we just want Taryn to talk to us. We don't care what she talks about. We just want her to talk to us. I'm like, I get it. In other words, when is Taryn offering a when is Taryn? You yes. guys sit down. Exactly. <laughs> and on top of her being magical, her food is ridiculous. Oh it's my so gosh. Good. It's all locally grown. And she's like gone out that day to get all the ingredients. And I just was like, I was blown away with the first meal. I'm like, can you, we were can blown you, away. She can work around any food issues, any allergies. Um, she is, she's just incredible. So we are thrilled to offer you guys just a, a, a nourishing experience in every way and a motivating experience. So you can go to um, soulcareorcus.com exactly. to get more information, to register. Um, you can also email us through there if you have any additional questions. And um, we only have um, 18 spots available. Mm -hmm. I also need to say that this is women only. And so um, the deadline to register is March 1st, and it's very limited. And we really hope that you'll be there. We really hope that you'll join us. Yes, and we may not have said that they will have time with, an, with Angela, the agent, to pitch their manuscript or their Thank work, you. which is- Thank you. Okay, this is, uh, this is like- Yes. Thank you. This is golden ticket territory here, people. Mm -hmm. um, we will give you guidelines for how you can do this, but you can sign up for a slot with Angela while you're at the retreat and you can pitch your work, your proposal for um, any genre, um, nonfiction, fiction, and um, Angela will be there to receive your pitch and talk with you about how to move forward in your publishing journey. So that is very exciting. Right. I especially want to invite people who are not sure if they're writers or not, um, but who really have like a strong yearning to pursue that. 
um, I just, I just think it might be a thing to sort of move you in that direction a little bit more and take yourself a little more seriously, which I, I always think a lot of us that. need that, right? Like a lot of us need the encouragement. Exactly. It's so true. And a lot of us are asking these questions behind closed doors, like, um, well, I have an idea, but it seems like a lot of people have already taken that idea or talked about that idea, you know, and we're holding these big questions and we're we're allowing them to stop us in our tracks. And, um, it's so important to like, let that out into the air and realize like, well, yeah, we could all say that, right. That's just one small example. That's a big barrier for people. I know certainly yes. I've felt that in the past when I've been writing. It's like, this is, there's nothing new that I'm saying about this. And, and something a publisher said to me many years ago is like, yeah, you're right. Like these things have all been written about before, but they haven't been written about in your voice, with your experience, with your take on it. And mm-hmm. the world needs your take on it. Like, wow. Okay. Well, that's very helpful. Yes. We don't know about that until we come together with others and have some of these myths debunked. Yes, and then we can yes. be like, oh, oh, actually, I'm ready to move forward. So we hope that for, for anyone um, who's even at all interested or kind of wondering if this might be a path for them. So I love that. Exactly. So that was a real long commercial for our retreat, <laughs> but we just, we can't quite get over the fact that we're getting to do that. So that's the thing. So we're true. very excited about it. Okay, so let's chat about how you move yourself forward. What's helping with that? Um, what's helping? What is helping for crying out loud? What is helping? I came up personally with two categories, which may or may not be all the categories there are, but um, I thought one, two of the things that I'm trying to do is focus on creating more energy for myself. And the other thing is noticing expansion. Wow. Right. Very good. I feel very good. I feel like I'm a little bit like you this morning coming up with a really good idea early in the day, which honestly doesn't happen often. (laughs) Um, Well, I I can't wait to hear more because those are two extraordinary categories. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So let's talk about creating energy. What are we doing? You and I have talked about like trying to feed ourselves well, trying to drink less. Yes. Like I was telling you how my trainer um, made me give him a handshake a few days ago. Just like, let's, um, let's, you know, go no alcohol for 30 days and no processed food for 30 days. And um, like, try not to eat a lot of sugar for 30 days. And, um, and we shook hands. But then I was like, well, before we shook hands, I was like, um, so by no alcohol, does that include wine? And he's like, that does include wine. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, surely it doesn't include organic wine though. Then, obviously. And he's like, anyway, it was just this funny back and forth. And, um, and then he looks right at me and he was like, you don't know. He's like, that wine is affecting your cortisol levels, which is the energy we're talking about. Mm-hmm. He said, it's affecting your hormones. And he said, I can't tell you how much better you're going to feel if you give it a break for 30 days. And right then it like hit me in the chest because it's exactly what you're talking about. Like energy is so hard to come by, especially yeah. when you're in seasons of grief. Yeah. And it's like, why would I minimize the little energy I have 
it feels like self-sabotage when he said yeah. it that way. He was like, you're kind of sabotaged. I mean, he was kind about it, but he was like, I want to help you not sabotage yourself and just give me yeah. 30 days. That's what he just said to me. He said, look me in the eye, just give me 30 days. So as I told you yesterday, I'm off the sauce for 30 days. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, I think, I think this is huge. Like we're, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of the time we're trying to make ourselves feel better in the short run. Right. But it just ends up making us feel worse in the long run. And, and it's yeah. not like, I don't think either you or I are trying to come down hard on any, any of this. Right. We're just trying to look at it like, how can I feel better? Yeah. And maybe I need to like make some hard decisions. Right. Ugh. Yeah. And so sometimes when uh, the season is particularly tough and you're in the midst of it, it's really hard to make good decisions for yourself. And so, so maybe we can't make them then. But as soon as we can, can we start to right the ship and go, you know, actually, this is, this is not really serving me long term. And maybe I have enough bandwidth to make better decisions for myself and, and not shame ourselves about like, gosh, we overindulged in ways that were unproductive. It's like, well, yeah, we were, we were trying to make it through the day for a while, but like, that's not who we want to be all the time. It's not the way we want to treat ourselves all the time because it will eventually it will eventually backfire. It will eventually cost us something. So before that happens, let's just evaluate. And then when you've got somebody making you look them in the eye and shake your hand, that's very, that's very difficult to walk that's away from. That's very intense. Very you know, intense. You know what I thought? This is so good. And I thought later that it's exactly what you're saying, Lane. We're, you're in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And I think like, it's just, we're not going to be real judgy of ourselves in survival mode. We just right. can't, you know, it's like, we're just, yeah, we're doing the best, but there comes time where we have the margin to say, what's, what's the deeper. Yes. Yeah. The deeper. Yes. Is my health yes. and my well-being and my energy. And so yeah. what would help me get to that place? So, and it, it feels exciting to me at least to be like, I think, you know, I think I hear both of us sort of saying like, I think we have a little more margin now. Like I think, we're ready to take a little better care of ourselves and sort of reground ourselves and move forward. So mm -hmm. it, it's great to feel that like expansion inside of like, okay, okay. I think, I think I'm ready to take a little better care of myself. Yes, absolutely. And it is, and it's like a lot of things in life, good decisions have momentum, just like, like maybe not so good decisions have momentum. And so when you start heading in a, a positive trajectory, there's, energy and momentum in that direction. And I think that builds on itself. So um, I, I'm feeling a little bit of that. And I think maybe you are too. And it is exciting. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, there you are. Right. So two, two of our very big never heard before tips are drink less and eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> this is groundbreaking. I hope someone's writing this down because... Oh my gosh. This is important to know. New York Times best-selling material right here, people. You heard it here first. <laughs> the, oh other thing, the other thing, of course, which is so obvious is like moving your body, right? And so yes. Yes. I, this is kind of hysterical because for you guys who are listening, LT was a college athlete, like a, a very serious volleyball player. In fact, a full-ride scholarship volleyball player. So <laughs> she is a badass when it comes to working out. And so when she's working out, She's basically lifting a train and bench pressing her body weight and a few other people. And so her version of working out is that. 
And then here's what I here's what I'm doing. You know, I discovered these seven minute. Oh gosh, I can hardly even say it out loud. These seven minute workouts, and I thought, well, that's something I could do. So that's what I'm working on. I love it. Start where you are. Start I love it. Are. And so, yeah. like, you know, LT is drenched with sweat, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, I think. I think I feel a little bit, I think I've started to sweat a titch. I probably should lie down. <laughs> I should lie down now, but I've really done it. I've really done it. I've worked out. I think I should lie down now. Oh, can someone bring me a glass of wine, please? <laughs> I am far too proud of my seven minute workouts, but it's just where, it's where I'm at. And I so am, good. do you think it's possible that that, little bit is creating some energy for me because it feels like it is. Absolutely, Elaine. Absolutely. Yes. That's releasing hormones in your body. It is. Um, it's, I mean, there's so much, so much, so much research on how this helps our brain chemistry, how it, it helps our mood. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's so holistic beyond just building muscles and, you know, taking care of your heart. It's right. so, so holistic. So, and I think it's also um, it's maybe especially for women. I don't know, but it's like we're choosing ourselves. We're choosing to take time and nurture ourselves. There's a lot of, we all have a lot of responsibilities and we're taking time out to make ourselves a priority. Even if that's for seven minutes, that's huge. You're saying, no, I think this seven minutes is going to, I'm going to give it to myself right now. And I think that that's going to have a payoff for sure. How long is your workout? <laughs> <laughs> In comparison, I'm not going to shame myself. I just want to know. My workouts are an hour, uh -huh. but let me say this. I have not worked out like this in a while. There was a whole season where I was just, and it was, it was when I was, when I had small babies, my body, I couldn't push. I just couldn't push. Mm -hmm. So I did yoga or I, you know, I played tennis for a while. I remember I, I played tennis and I loved it. Um, but I think part of it is I'm just, I have, I'm competitive. That athletic part of me is competitive. So I need to be doing something. Um, and of course we talked about, it. it's just important to move our bodies no matter what. But when my kids were really small, it just, I didn't have it in me to push. And I listened to that, you know, I had to listen to that. And now I, um, I think I needed to like really sweat and yeah. really push it hard at times. Mm. The other thing I realized the other day, again, this is going to be groundbreaking, um, newsflash, Newsflash. I'm an extrovert. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard Elaine, but I'm, I'm an extrovert. Serious. I had no idea. So I think the other thing that I realized is pretty much all of my professional work is done alone. Mm. And um, I have been needing, what's been helping is uh, contact with other humans <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'm an extrovert. And so just yes. briefly, what I'm, when I say extrovert and introvert, this is kind of for everybody. What I mean is where you get your energy. So when I would say introvert, you get your energy and replenishment from being alone and kind of going inside. And then an extrovert would get their energy by having contact and connection with others and, and, and it brings them out. So what I realized for myself is going to the gym right now in this season of life because I am by myself and not with other adults a lot of the time is it's not just a time to move my body. It's a social time for me. Mm -hmm. And so there's three other gals in my group that I work out with, with our trainer. 
and um, we're like cheering each other on and we're working out together and it's, it's social, honestly. And so what I realized the other day is it's not only the benefits of moving my body, it's the benefits of being with these friends and um, that has its own merits and gives me energy as well. So it's think about not just how you're moving your body, but um, do you need to be doing that with other people? Do you need to meet up with someone for a walk, you know? Yeah. Or is that your time to be by yourself and really reflect and be quiet? Mm-hmm. Um, but it can kind of like double, I'm realizing this is like a double dip. You know, I'm getting extroversion time and I'm getting a time to take care of my body. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I like to do my seven minute workout alone though, because <laughs> I need a little less time with people sometimes. I get that because you have an office, right? Right. Um, run an office, you run a practice, you have people asking you questions all the time, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. You have um, all of Ken's estate that you're, you're still, still, I'm assuming, or I know, trying to kind of work through all the huge uh, logistics of that. And so you're probably yeah. on the, if, you're, if this is still happening, you're on the phone a lot. Mm-hmm. And you just need a break from all that, yeah. I would assume. Yes. yes. Exactly. The other thing that I think works for both of us is we both need to create things. And sometimes, sometimes you can't do like a really profound creating of something, right? But uh, like redoing a room, like the decorating piece is like super helpful for me. I just need to make this room pretty and that will calm me down. I just need to organize. I just need to purge. I just need to whatever. And I noticed that doing those things is super helpful for creating more energy. So good. How, what do we need to do to our outer space to help soothe our inner space? Oh, that's right? a good way to say it. Yes. Yes. Cause it's different for everyone, but like someone's like, I just need a house plant. I need something living in my house. And someone else is like, I need to get rid of seven bags of stuff. In right. Right. But like, what does your outer space need to help kind of nourish your inner space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And beauty is soothing. Beauty is soothing. It just, it's a healer. Sure is. It sure is. And we used to do these things together when that. we lived a mile away from each other, but we find ways to still decorate even though we are separated by a million miles. <laughs> if you could see the text chain. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, the last episode that Elaine and I did together, you guys heard my, um, my like, super long list of, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? And so I realized like half the problem with all of that is that I'm just like pinging off my own brain. And so I'm never going to, in the maze of um, extraordinary minutia that is, it is like my brain, I can't find a way out of that. And so I mean, we did it. We nailed it. We did. We nailed it. And you're so I was sending Elaine pictures of my living room pictures of my entry room, pictures of my, I mean, she's seen the house, but I was sending her all these pictures of all the spaces and this is what I'm thinking and here are my criteria. And I think what you're saying though, is that like asking for help or doing, doing some of these things that maybe on a better day you could do on your own, asking someone to walk through it with you, um, just create, helps you create energy. It's like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm trying to make a decision that may or may not be important. Um, but having somebody to do that with is super helpful. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like organization is not necessarily my gift, but I, I 
crave organization, especially the more stressed I get. Mm -hmm. And so it's exactly what you're saying. Like I need someone to come in and say, I know my pantry is a disaster. Could you just help me with this? Because visually and practically, um, this is a problem, but I don't even know where to start. So I heard, um, Gretchen Rubin, the, the, um, the author Gretchen Rubin say something, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but I loved it. It was, she was saying that when her external spaces have some measure of organization, um, that it helps her feel more self-possessed, that she feels a little bit more like, um, her life is less chaotic and she's more in charge of her own life. Yeah. And that gave, that gives her a sense of, um, strength and, and, um, like, a little bit of power even, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, and we see that with people all the time. Like even, even things like OCD um, behaviors can be about trying to create some order out of chaos, right? So like we, we do have these very strong pulls toward, I, I got to somehow control the, the inside of me is anxious or swirling or whatever. And if I could... Uh, straighten up the rest of my life, right? The outside mm. of my life, the things that I do have control over, I will feel a little better. And so there are obviously degrees of that that are helpful and unhelpful, but um, it, I think it's, it's very common for us to want to create some order out of chaos. Doing that externally can help us internally. So that's a great resource to go to yes. if, if that's helpful to you. Yeah. And I think sometimes for myself, I think of myself as kind of like, oh, I'm kind of a creative. Mm -hmm. And so that means that um, I'm going to have to tolerate a measure of chaos around me at all times on my desk, on my table, whatever. And some of that is true. It's just, I, I'm not like the most orderly human in the world. And I don't, I don't feel the need to be, but then there's times where um, that can just can create unnecessary chaos. And so I'm, I, I'm trying to work on that myself of like, um, you know, like, okay, let's, let's create some systems within the house that help things function a little more smoothly mm -hmm. and um, can kind of soothe some of the, some of the chaos that I, that I can't control. Right. Yes. Yes. You have three young children, right. And so your life is yes. very, very full. And what are, what are some of the other things that work for you at this stage of your life to like to keep you from getting under it so that you have enough energy to do things that are important to you? Yes. Well, um, again, this is probably not groundbreaking for many people, but I have been going back and forth like forever about, should I do more things and have them delivered to my house? We don't have like, you, it's hard to get groceries delivered here because of where I live and that sort of thing. And when I was in San Diego, I would have, especially when I was single parenting, I would be sure to have groceries delivered and kind of do that as a favor for myself. But um, on Mondays is when I go to the grocery store here, but I thought, how can I minimize other errands so that I can just use that time and energy for other things? Because errands are a, a time zap, they're a money zap, they're all these, you know, they, they, um, they take a lot of resources mm -hmm. away from us and I don't have the margin right now to be like running all over town. So I was looking at an Amazon subscribe and save and like, I'm sure all of you are rolling your eyes because you're already doing this, but um, every, so I go to one grocery store every Monday and that's where I get all my fresh food and the groceries for the week. And then I just decided everything that I can't get there, I'm going to have delivered to my house through Amazon. So I don't have to make additional stops. If I want to go to Target, great, but I am not, I don't constantly have this like 
um, this, this panic, this low level panic of all the errands I need to run and all the things we're out of and all the things I need mm -hmm. because it's right there. And I know that in, in one month or two months or six months, the shampoo is coming to the house. The paper towels are coming to the house. I mean, you name it. And I really was very, um, I edited this list down to like, these are literally the things I only buy. I wasn't like, oh, that's a good idea. Well, it would be fun to have this come every three months because that's not a savings, right? Um, it was just helpful. And it, I felt that, um, that self-possession of, man, I'm really doing something here. Yeah. I'm taking charge of this. And you know what, Elaine? Here's the other thing, as we talked about in a previous episode. Every time the shampoo runs out, I go back into an existential crisis of what kind of shampoo I should be using, right? <laughs> Do I need to go, like, should it be super clean? Should it right. be in a bamboo bottle? Should I no. not use shampoo? Should I, you know, like, I go through this whole existential crisis regarding shampoo, and that's just shampoo. Right. I go through it with razors. I go through it with toothpaste. I go through, I mean, literally. And so it's a waste of energy and time, and it's making me nuts. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm committing to some pro products. I can always go in and switch it, but I don't have to go through a crisis with all of my products every month. Yeah. Um, it's just, I've just made it, I've made a commitment. I've made some decisions and I'm not going to revisit them for a while. I okay. even did this with pens. Oh. I found my pen that I love and yeah. I put it on subscribe and save. Nice. Yep. I want to say one more thing about this with Amazon. This is of course not an ad, but I mean, honestly, once you have a certain number of products that are coming to your house through subscribe and save, then you start to get 15% off on everything. I it's like a big, yes. So it, it actually becomes a fairly significant savings mm -hmm. when you're talking about all your household essentials. So I just sort of felt like, you know what, that's a win. And I'm going to try that system for a few months and um, I'm not going to revisit it unless it becomes clear that it's just absolutely not working. Yeah. I love that idea of like making a decision in a lot of areas, right? Like I'm making yes. a decision. We talked about this last time. I'm not going to revisit that for three months. And it just creates a lot more space in your head if you're not constantly swirling about so many little things that probably aren't important, but no. the, the decision's been made and now we just let it, let it be for a while and we'll change it if we need to. Yep, exactly right. And it's, it's fairly easy to go in there and make adjustments, but it's also kind of a, you know, make a decision and forget about it. And I have felt, I have honestly felt that I have felt like a little breathing room wow. and I'm just sort of like, that's so fascinating, isn't it? And what are some other areas of my life? For example, right now I'm, I, my car <laughs> is a situation and I don't want to live like that. Like it's more about, I want to, I want to have the pleasure of riding around in a car that is maintained. And mm -hmm. so how could I give that gift to myself in a way that's not too expensive, manageable, reasonable, all those things. So it kind of is like, oh, I wonder if having my car a little more, more cleaned up and under control would help too, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Genius. Good ideas. Um, one other thing that has been helpful is um, I have been once a week after school on the day that we do not have after school activities, my kids and I have been going to the public library. And um, this is not a shock as a writer. I love books. And when I'm in writing season, sometimes actually anytime I can really pick my reading list, um, you know, 
very much nonfiction, very much um, around topics that I write about, that kind of thing, which of course I love. But I often will then find that I have let go of reading for pleasure. And so um, that's just one thing I'm really focused on right now and have, it has helped is I go to the library once a week. I just skim through the new novels and, or a, a novel on CD and I grab, you know, my kids all get their books and I grab a couple books and read them throughout the week. And it's, it's strictly for pleasure and for, you know, of course, like I love a good story. And so, you know, but it's, it's helping, it's helping to have, um, again, kind of the rhythm of quiet reading, uh, that's a centering thing. And then, um, and then just, this is a gift to myself and it's a, it's a point of pleasure. It's not, it's not just trying to make, trying to um, absorb information. Yeah. So nice. So nice. So lots of, lots of, um, attention. It sounds like we're saying lots of attention to what are the things that help create space and energy in my life and getting rid of some of the things that, that suck that, and then mm-hmm. adding in the things that you notice for you particularly, right? They, they're different for different people, but noticing like what actually gives me a little boost, gives me a little more yes. like, oh gosh, I feel like my brain is working a little better. I feel like I have a little more energy. I feel like I can be nicer to everyone because I, <laughs> I did some things that gave me a little energy. Yes. So true. Okay. You were saying expansion and I want to, you know, that is a extraordinary word. I want to hear a little more about that. Like, what are you noticing when you experience expansion? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when, um, when Ken, when Ken died, I, I noticed that like the narrative that I was saying to myself and to others was something like, um, I was Ken's sidekick. I kept saying that, that I don't know what to do without my person um, because I was sort of his sidekick. And so Ken made a lot of decisions and Ken sort of drove the party. And, um, you know, I sort of was like along for the ride, right? And uh, I, I noticed that I was saying that. And some, some people started to correct me about that. They started to say, well, yeah, it's true that Ken was a big presence and Ken did a lot of things and he planned a lot of things. And yeah, he he created a lot around you, but you are your own presence and you mm-hmm. are strong in your own ways. And you were actually not his sidekick. You were his partner. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's actually mm-hmm. helpful. <laughs> Cause I think I was sort of like, um, I just was like, I'm not sure who I am without my partner. And I think over the last number of months, I've just started I've just started to notice that um, that while it's true that Ken handled a lot of things and brought a lot of fun to our lives and a lot of adventure to our lives and took care of a lot of things, that I am I am also doing those things in other places, mm. right? I don't know. Does that make sense the way I'm saying that? Absolutely, absolutely, yes, absolutely. And I I, I have total memory of you kind of. Well, he was sort of the party Mm -hmm. and um, I was kind of invited almost like, yeah. and everyone's sort of reflecting back to you. Actually, Elaine, like, like you're kind of a part of yourself, friend. Don't sell yourself short. And yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think I'm just noticing 
uh, like that feedback was super helpful from people for from people like I remember sitting around um, our kitchen table one time I don't remember who was there because a lot of a lot of the last year is a bit of a blur to me but I remember saying to whoever was there will you guys still come over now that Ken is gone mm. and they were like what mm. are you talking about like of right still come over but I just remember like oh oh like I needed the feedback from others of like you you're, you're still here and life is still going to go on in a lot of ways, the way it always has at your house, because you're a part of that, right? Like you're right. essential to the party as well. I think yes. that was super helpful. And just trying to notice, like, um, allowing myself to think through like, who do I want to be now? Right? Like it's a big change to not have a partner, um, as you know, and like, who who do I want to be? And what, what is me now without a partner at this stage of my life? Like what, what is my life about? And I've noticed like little silly things, like they don't feel important necessarily, but I'm just noticing like I'm dressing a little bit differently. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I wonder why I'm doing that. I'm like, well, I guess like, you know, I, I like things a little louder and a little crazier maybe than Ken did. And I like sort of adapted a little bit, not in a bad way, but just like, I know that that's a little too crazy for him. And he will kind of look at me and be like, what are you wearing? And yep. um, I don't, I don't want it to sound like that was controlling in any way, but it's like, you sort of, you adapt. Like I yep. want your partner to enjoy you and to be attracted to you. And so you take those things into account um, as you dress yourself or, you know, how you take, how you take care of yourself or whatever, how you wear your hair, maybe, or all those things. And I, I just have noticed that like, there's a bit of expansion there of like, if I'm just dressing for myself, how would, what would I wear? And I'm, yes. I'm, I'm noticing that I'm letting myself be a little more creative there, sort of going back to a younger version of myself, like mm -hmm. my teenage self, my early twenties self, like, um, who, who, who liked to explore fashion a little bit more. And so I, it yeah. feels like a little thing, but it also feels important to notice that like, oh, you really love that and it's fun for you. And maybe that's a thing to, to pursue and enjoy as you're trying to find your way. And maybe, maybe going back to something that a younger version of you enjoyed is grounding, right? So Absolutely. Um, that's just something that I'm noticing. And what were we doing before we needed to adapt? You know, yeah. what, what were we doing before we needed to adapt to um, life with small children? And we have these small children, let's say, and we love them and we're so, we're so grateful for them. But it's mm -hmm. important sometimes to look back and say, what were we doing? What were the decisions we were making? And what were we enjoying before we were in seasons and um, places where we had to adapt? And because that does put us back in touch with our essential self. And yeah. adaptation is not wrong or bad. It isn't. Right. It's just right. interesting. And we talked again about this last time when that kind of scaffolding or that need for adaptation is removed. It's very eye-opening. And I totally mm. understand what you're talking about. It's like, oh, well, that's so fascinating. What, you know, that's curious. What right. these choices I'm making. I've noticed this within your home has a ton of bright color in it. Uh -huh. And um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's been another place where I'm noticing expansion, right? Like if I'm decorating this home just for me, and for some reason I've just needed like, I've just needed to redo a lot of things. And I think that's a little bit yep. to create 
order or to create something new. Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out like why that has been so important to me, but um, I'm noticing like I was just working on um, my daughter's room. Obviously she doesn't live with me anymore, but like um, trying to redo that room. It's like, gosh, there is blush pink everywhere around this house now. And, you know, if Ken, <laughs> if Ken were here, I, obviously I wouldn't have done that because he would have been like, I'm living in a 16 year old girl's house and I'm not really enjoying that. Right. You know, to be fair, that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been uh, great for him. Yeah. But, but I'm just noticing, allowing myself to think like, if, if I'm doing this space just for me and my people who come and hang out with me, which is mostly women, right? Like, what do I want this space to feel like and look yeah. like? And what is comforting to me? What feels cozy? What feels inviting? And it's just interesting to, to just do something that I'm just doing for me because I, I don't have a partner who I'm keeping in mind as I'm doing these things. I find that like, and allowing that to be okay. Like, I think that there's a part of me that feels yes. guilty about um, making all these changes. There's a part of me that feels, um, if I'm enjoying some things, does that mean I'm not grieving enough? Sometimes when you're in a, a, a grief season and all of a sudden you realize you're finding pleasure in something that can bring its own layer of guilt. <laughs> like totally. I shouldn't be able, I shouldn't be experiencing pleasure right now. I should just be in sackcloth and ashes. Well, yes. it's both. It's okay. Yes. It's both. Yes. It's not a guilty pleasure, quote unquote. It's it's, uh, an, it, it's an expression of, of holding on to yourself in the midst of this experience that makes you feel like you're losing yourself. And I think it's an incredibly important exercise. Mm -hmm. um, and I think most women in some way or another, it's important for us to do these exercises once in a while in the ways that are appropriate, but especially when we feel like we're going through something. And I, again, I think about in young motherhood, you just feel like I'm, lo I'm completely losing myself. Mm -hmm. And to go through these exercises that like, oh, there I am. Oh, there I am. And even to just do it in your head or do it on Pinterest. Like if I changed the living room, what would I do? Or if I was going to just put a wardrobe together, what would I do? Just to kind of remind yourself of who's in there, you know, because you haven't lost yourself and you haven't either, Elaine. You know, we know that. Right. The noticing of the expansion has been very helpful. Just like noticing my own strength and um, just the number of things that I've had to do in the last year that were things that Ken would have handled and would have handled well. Um, being in charge of those now has been like initially it was so daunting. Like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. There was a lot of overwhelm for a lot of reasons, but um, oh, actually I, ha I have handled them. I have figured it out. I have I, I know who to go to for this and that, and I, I actually am able to do it. It sort of reminded me, I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking about, it's similar to when I started Soul Care, um, mm -hmm. when I was like, gosh, I've never run my own business. I've never been the boss of other people. Um, well, I've certainly tried to be the boss of other people. <laughs> um, never like employed to do that. And um, so I like, when I, when I started, I had a lot of fear about like, do I have the strengths necessary to do that? The skills necessary to do that? The smarts, the capacity necessary to do that? And what I found was like, oh gosh, actually I learned a lot of things while I was working for other people. I learned a lot of things that I liked and didn't like, things that I would would um, copy and things that I would not copy. 
um, I learned a lot of things by being a mom of small children, like managing, managing 5,000 things at the same time, you know, keeping people alive and not bleeding and like all the things that you have to do <laughs> as a mom. It's like, that's a lot of skill development because the intensity and the, the, the amount of tasks that you have to take care of is pretty immense. And so you're building a lot of capacity and a lot of muscle for tolerating stress and for figuring out a lot of things, right? Like, and, and so I found that when I opened Soul Care and started running a business, I'm like, oh, actually I have a lot of these skills. I didn't, I didn't get them by getting an mm-hmm. MBA. I didn't get them by um, running another business or learning that I got them by being a mom, which is like kind of shocking yeah. to me that it's in some ways, you know, everybody needs to know where their stuff is. Everybody needs to know what the expectations are. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs you to notice how they're doing. Uh, you know, like all the things you have to do every day as a mom. It's like, well, it's kind of the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I think in the yeah. same way, I'm noticing that like, while I'm doing a lot of new things, I'm taking over a lot of things that can handled. I'm figuring out how to do them and that I have developed muscle through, through the experiences of my life to actually step into this and be able to do it. And so I don't have to keep saying to myself, I don't know how to do this. I can say, well, actually I can figure it out. Actually, I know how to, who to call. Uh, maybe I'll tackle that tomorrow because today it doesn't feel like I can do it. You know, sort of all that stuff. Like actually I have a lot, a lot of muscle and a lot of capacity and I'm, I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. You got a lot of street cred, my sister, a lot of street cred. <laughs> As you're talking, and, and I thought about this throughout this journey with you is, you know, that the phrase body dysmorphia, mm, there are people yes. that suffer from body dysmorphia. I mean, we probably all do on some level where we're looking at ourselves in the mirror and what we see is not what's there. And yes. um, I think we do this dysmorphia in a lot of areas of our lives where uh, like capacity dysmorphia, you know, I can't do that. I was never in charge of that. I don't have those skills. And actually we, we do. It's just like you said, it just looks a little bit differently. And so some of this is also like, where do I have uh, dysmorphia? You know, how can the people around me that really know me say, well, actually I, I experience you as someone with a lot of capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's going to be a learning curve with all this, but you can do it. I experience you as someone who reaches out when they need some, when they have questions. So when you have questions, you're going to reach out or, so what are the areas where, um, you know, especially when we're beginning again and we've got to, we, yeah, we have to, we have to try things and do things that maybe aren't in our, we don't think are in our lane. What, where does the dysmorphia come in where we're looking at ourselves and saying, um, actually we don't, we have the wrong set of glasses on. Mm, you know, and yeah. we need to look at ourselves through the lens of the people that love us and see the best in us and say, mm-hmm. you, you can do that. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Super helpful. And to allow that to be true, allow yourself to get stronger and more beautiful in the wake of something really difficult. Like yeah. what if that's what's happening? What if you are, what if you and I are getting stronger and deepening our capacity and deepening the beautiful parts of ourselves in the wake of the last couple of difficult years. I love that. And I feel like in the universe that this is what happens. You know, it's like the this is this is what happens. It's like death precedes life. The seed has to fall to the ground and be broken open for it to become the oak tree, you know, mm-hmm. um, or the acorn. 
corn has to be broken open to become the oak tree. It's, it's just sort of like, I think this is often the path. And um, we don't want suffering. We don't want vulnerability. We don't want any of these things. We don't want hardship. But when they come, um, it's so interesting what they can crack open in us. I think one of the other things that has helped me is um, I have just been spending some time listening recently, uh, trying to center down and, and kind of be quiet, especially after the holidays and, um, and the fall was very busy moving and everything. So I wanted to spend some time just really being quiet, really sitting with myself, really listening. Um, and I think one of the things that really arrived during some of this extended listening time is God brought my perspective back to the story that is Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-2, where it says that, um, that it, was just, it was just an inky blackness. There was just a void. There was nothing. And, um, and that it was going to become the earth and the water and the heavens. But before that, it was just, it was just this blackness. And, um, and it says that the spirit hovered over this inky blackness, this nothingness, this void. The spirit was hovering over it. And the, the, the vision there, the word there is like a bird um, with its wings spread out, just hovering. And there was, a, there was a beat, there was a pause. And then God's voice said, uh, began creation and began calling forth and forming the world. And um, I was so moved by that, that God create, there was, there was, there was nothing and God formed something out of that nothing. And um, the earth did nothing. The sky did nothing. The water did nothing. It was there. It was present. It was waiting. The spirit was there hovering, which is the mystery and the magic that we don't have control over. And then God's voice that brought, that formed this incredible creation. And I felt like the invitation for me was, um, I am often trying, trying, striving, trying to figure out, my brain is working a thousand miles per hour. We have covered this. And um, I was just continually being brought back to this idea of being still, um, being, this kind of inky blackness um, with the spirit hovering and just be, be. And what came to mind uh, was corpse pose. Just go into corpse pose, which is the final pose in a yoga class typically, and it's also called Shavasana, where you lay on your back and you close your eyes and you have your palms, uh, your hands are beside you, but your palms are up and you are resting, but you're awake. Um, sometimes the teacher will have you stay in that pose for even almost five minutes, three minutes, five minutes, a long time. And I read an article recently that said that um, Shavasana is considered the most difficult yoga pose. And I thought that was so good because um, it requires aware, but fully relaxed and fully surrendered. And what's helping me right now is every time I get into this tangle about how much I need to be doing and figuring out and strategizing, um, I just feel this invitation to Leanna go into corpse pose. And it's like, how could that possibly help? <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. so much to do. 
There's so much to figure out. How does laying on the ground? It's like a joke. It's a big joke, you know? And it's like, no, no. And so one of the things I did was go out into the backyard, which is woods, and on a day that was pretty dry, and I just laid down the leaves, you know? I took a picture of it. It's on my Instagram um, mm-hmm. feed. I just laid down on the leaves and I just, okay, God, you know, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. I'm in corpse pose and I'm, I am just allowing you to um, be the one doing the forming and you be the one who is doing the expanding and the becoming. And I'm here. I'm here for all of it. I'm right here. Um, so I, I, this, I recently have been in the mornings just you know, I get my journal out and I do some scribbling and, but I think the most helpful thing, honestly, is I'll just lay in corpse pose, you know, and the dog's like sniffing around me and trying to figure this whole thing out. But, um, I'll just set my alarm for five minutes and I'll lay there. And one of the most significant things is you start to feel your hands and you feel that your hands are open. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my day. Here's my life. Here are my kids. Here's my broken heart. Here are my needs. Um, here's the 16,000 questions that I would love answers to. And, um, you know, here are the things I'd like a plan for. And I just keep getting this constant invitation. Why don't you just go get in corpse pose? Just lay down, just lay down. Mm, so beautiful. And it's been very, very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I say all that to say that I think sometimes what actually helps the very most is our posture of surrender. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's very hard to do. And, and yet, you know, when you're, when you're telling the story of the spirit hovering over the darkness, over the void, right? Like it's just, there's something about that, that resonates so deeply about, we are sometimes in a place of like total darkness and void. And what if, when that's happening, the spirit is hovering and we're on the verge of a new, a new creation of something inside ourselves. And I love the picture of that. It's very comforting to me to think that that is happening and um, that there's opportunity for new life, new growth. Um, something beautiful is still being created inside of us, even, even when it seems very dark. And it's just, it's just really lovely to picture that. Yes. I love that. And we're protected when we're in our, I think about that too, like the wings of a bird stretched out over us. It's like, uh-huh. we're protected, you know, even in our most vulnerable, you're laying there on your back, you're very vulnerable, you know, and you're protected and you are seen and you're not alone and you're on the cusp of, um, of yes, a new creation and life from darkness. And it's, I think it's really an important place for us to um, come back to. Mm-hmm. in these seasons. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of beautiful stuff. You're so good. You should write that down. If only you were a writer who had good ideas. Oh man. I'll see if I can get up from corpse pose long enough to work on it. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to need to be able to read that every day. I love it. Oh, I, love it so I, love, I love talking it out. It's helpful to talk it out. So I think the invitation we want to leave you with is um, what's helping you you know, what is helping you right now in your season of struggle or your season of sadness or your season of rebuilding? What is helping you? And um, are you getting enough of that in your life? And um, so it's been helpful for Elaine and I to reflect on that. And even as we're talking about it, we're solidifying, oh yeah, these are things I need to continue to put 
time and energy toward. And so I guess, yeah, that's the invitation for you guys is if you if you find yourself struggling, um, what's helping, what has helped in the past and, and what is helping now? And could you uh, increase those things that are bringing you life? Yes. Beautiful. And if there are things uh, you all want us to talk about, um, feel free to um, send us messages about those things. I think uh, we'll start a list and, and work through some of those things as we have future conversations. Love that. Ooh, I love that. Awesome. Okay. Love you, friend. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.